Hello and welcome to the first ever Kenosha Public Library podcast. Cruising through history with Scott Cruz. I'm Xander Miller. Scott, what are we cruising through today? Well, thank you, Xander, for the introduction. Today I'm going to talk about Abraham Lincoln as a wrestler. What? Yes, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it, uh, when he was a young man, he was actually a very good wrestler. And one of his matches have actually come down to us from several eyewitness accounts. And it does have a bearing on his career. Se seriously, like wrestling has a bearing on Abraham Lincoln's career. Yes, it does. Are, are we talking like, are we talking in the wrestling ring, like gonna, gonna grab each other, throw each other down and well, pin them wrestling? I probably should, I probably should start by saying that we're not thinking of someone in a sequin jumpsuit hitting someone over with <laughs> the head with a chair. What we're thinking of is um, wrestling as we'd know it now, like you'd see in the Olympics or something. So it would start with a hold. In fact, they said in this match that they both started from a side hold, which people have always interpreted different ways. There was a difference in the West, and in that in those days, Illinois was considered the West um, between wrestling and what was called scuffling. And what? What's the difference there? Well, wrestling was more of a, a, a hold that, you know, you sometimes had to have agility and speed and things of that nature, where scuffling was just all and out fighting. So eye gouging was actually a very, uh, it was a very, uh, a, a, it was a very big thing in, in, in scuffling. And you could do anything in scuffling, basically. So, but when Lincoln, I think people think Lincoln was born in Illinois, but he was actually born in Kentucky. And then he lived in Indiana, and then his family moved to Illinois in 1830. So he went to New Salem in 1831. And uh, he, in, those, in that area, there was actually several what you would call gangs, not gangs as we would think of them, but think of like the movie The Gangs of New York. Okay. Okay. So, and the highest, the, 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 the best gang was the Clary Groves Boys and they were out of Clary's Grove, which was outside of New Salem. And these guys were really something. They, of course, they drank a lot. They destroyed stores. They would put people in barrels and kick them down the hill. So, so you're telling me that not only was Lincoln in wrestling, but he was also part of a gang. No, he, I'm sorry. He <laughs> okay, I was he, about to say. <laughs> he wasn't part of a gang, but in the West, the wrestling was very uh, popular. And they would also sometimes sort of goad new people into seeing, it's sort of like an initiation rite. Okay. And so, and Lincoln was known for his strength. And in fact, he was known for his strength even before this. He had worked in a, a dry goods store owned by a man named Dennis Offutt. And Offutt, uh, when he saw how strong Lincoln was, he kind of put out a challenge to the community that he would give $10 to anybody who could who could beat Lincoln. Now Lincoln really wasn't, wasn't the one who was doing this, but, but so this $10 challenge went out. The Clary's Grove boys accepted it and they put up their number one man against Lincoln, a man named Jack Armstrong. Okay. And so uh, the day of the, so the match happened and uh, there was some speculation on, on how, what, what exactly happened, apparently it was a draw. Uh, Armstrong had committed a foul, 
Oh, okay. Uh, during it. Not and Honest Abe, though. Not, not on, Honest Abe. I'm going to look no, at a foul there. But uh, funny enough, uh, one of the eyewitnesses, and we don't know if this is true or not, but they had said that um, Lincoln was so enraged by this foul that he grabbed Armstrong by the throat and picked him up. No way. Yes. And because Lincoln was very strong. You know, we see Lincoln in the Civil War. We see those pictures. And they're almost Shakespearean, and, and he just looks so careworn. Yeah, he looks, like, tired. He looks like this tall, lanky guy. That's he, what it seems, what he looks like, right? Yes. And so we never really think of Lincoln as a youth, which he was. And he was raised on a farm, and he did a lot of farm work, and he hated physical labor. That's why he read so much. And his father used to rent him out to other farmers to do labor for them. And so... It's, I guess it's where he learned to split rails so well, because he did, actually. I know he always hated that whole rail splitter image, but that's, that's how it came about. So let me get this right. Okay. <laughs> this guy, this Abraham Lincoln guy, you know, he's you know, the tall, skinny dude. Right. He hated, he didn't like physical labor. Right. But he ends up on the farms. He ends up being known for his strength and splitting rails. Right. And then... He got he had a, he got you know challenged for wrestling because this guy was bragging about how strong Lincoln was. Yes. And rumored allegedly picked up a dude one hand or two hands. I they said one hand. <laughs> well, one, one and they also said Lincoln used to be able to pick up things with one hand that other people couldn't, and I think that was because he was so tall. And and he and in those days people weren't tall. Yeah. So I think he also stood out. You know, the, he was gangly a little bit. You know, he's somebody where pants that were too. Short and you know his ankles would show when he'd ride a horse and people have sort of these funny stories about him but he always um impressed people not just with his strength but which with his intellect and i think mm -hmm. even when he went to new salem before this started happening he started you know he started acquiring friends he was he was totally alone when he went to new salem his family had moved to coles county and then lincoln went his own way so um so when he got to new salem he didn't really know anybody and that's when he met uh, uh, Joshua Speed, which was one of his lifelong friends. So, I, you know, for him to go and, and he was already garnering some kind of a reputation. And then when he did this, when this event happened, which people can't seem to agree on exactly how it ended, but it did, but they do all agree it happened and, and it was a draw. Okay. So we don't know about the, him lifting up. That might just be... And, and, you know, for a long time, I think people thought it was sort of um, mythological because... Yeah, I was about to say, Link, it sounds like Lincoln mythos because it sounds like, you know, ancient, you know, like Greek mythology and all that yes. was legendary, legendary people. This is like Lincoln, this is almost like, you know that movie, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Slayer? Like, it's yes. that sort of mythos, like this dude is lifting people up and wrestling, but that's how you're, that's what we're going for here. Like, he's... Right. It's mythology. It, it, right. And actually, there's a similar uh, uh, mythology about Daniel Boone, mm -hmm. wherein he uh, wrestled a, an enemy, if you will. Um, but, then, but then, you know, once they, he beat him, they became fast friends. And this guy actually would help him. And, and so, you know, there was always that, too. But I think a lot of, you know, because there's so many people that writ, wrote about this particular match, and actually, to be honest with you, Lincoln wasn't the only wrestler in his family. Wow. I'm just imagining a bunch of tall Lincolns all 
all like bare chested wrestling, <laughs> you know, Olympic style. Right. And in fact, his uncle Mordecai was known as a wrestler and his mother, Nancy Hanks. Was... His mother. Yes. That, what time period are we talking here? We're... Uh, this would have been the early 1800s, most likely. Now, the problem with the, his mother is, is that he's he wasn't, um, that's never been verified. Okay. They thought, you know, now Lincoln had two mothers, but his first mother, Nancy Hanks, died in uh, when Lincoln was, I think, 10 years old or so. Mm-hmm. And she was the one that was sort of known to uh, to throw a, throw a man if he... <laughs> <laughs> if, if if he if he got in her way or something, but you know some of this stuff just takes on such it gets a little out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. But but the the thing with and so the Armstrong match we know that happened. Yeah. So so that one we do know. And and what happened was because he had bested in 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 everyone's mind that he had bested Jack Armstrong, they became friends. Now, the reason this is important is because in, in the Clary's Grove boys were what you might call a gang, but they were also, which they were also able to support people politically, you oh. know, because they could get out the vote or they could uh, do other things. Mm-hmm. And this kind of um, foreshadows what Lincoln will experience in 1860 when the Republicans have what are called the Wide Awakes, which were a group of young men and basically, these were mostly men. Um, and they would have torch parades and stuff like that to support their candidates. And the Boyos, which were in another gang, or that was New York City. And so, um, and what he did is, he, I think it was almost establishing sort of leadership in the community. Wrestling, or the, the gangs themselves. Because he had won, he wasn't part of a gang, but he sort of stood out then. So it would be the equivalent of having street cred. Yes. Okay. So you're saying Lincoln had street cred because he was wrestling, all because he was just strong. And this guy was like, you know what? I'll put $10 on it. Yeah. So no one, and the funny thing is, I don't think anybody won the $10 because it was a draw. (laughs) So Offit, and Dennis Offit, who later absconded from New Salem full of debt, (laughs) so he never had to pay the $10 anyway. Fair. So... uh, yeah, it, it's very interesting that, you know, I ran across this. I've read so many books on Lincoln, and they all talk about this this thing. It just, you know, not, not pages and pages. Uh, one of the best I've read was uh, Honor's Voice by Douglas Wilson. That has a whole first chapter devoted. It's actually the chapter is called Wrestling with the Evidence. And so, and some some people think, yeah, John Todd Stewart, who was Lincoln's cousin, through marriage to Mary Todd, he's the one who started this. So in 1860, in a campaign biography, he had mentioned this. And he had called it the turning point in Lincoln's life. Now, I think he did it because that established him in New Salem. And uh, later, uh, later that year, in 1832, in the Black Hawk War, Lincoln was um, nominated to become captain of the militia by the Clary's Grove boys mostly because they were in the militia as well. So he was seen as a leader even then. And he would always joke about his Black Hawk War. Um, it's the only time he was ever in the, what you would call the military. So, and this, this is something I don't really, I, when I think of Lincoln, I don't see a military man. Like you think George Washington, you're like, you see him 
in the military uniform. You don't really see necessarily, you know, the presidential figure. But Lincoln here, this is like his only hit into this sort of military thing, right. all because of a wrestling match. Yes, in a lot of ways. Because um, they saw him as really a plus, plus his intellectual, even, even then he had, mm -hmm. he had intellectual gifts that he, other people just didn't have, and, and people saw that. But I do think it's because of that. I mean, I think it established him in some ways. And so, but you're right about Lincoln. He wasn't much of a military. In fact, he'd always make jokes about, you know, they, they would uh, had, do battle with the mosquitoes or, <laughs> or you know, they would, uh, you know, they, they liberated an onion field or something because they didn't really do much. In the Black Hawk War, I think they marched north into even what would be present-day Wisconsin. The militia did, or even Illinois, Northern Illinois, and they didn't. They didn't really have much action up there. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, no. but it really is his only. It's his only uh, foray into the military. And then in 1834, two years later, he was elected to the state legislature, mm -hmm. and uh, he had his law practice too. So, I think people. I think some people thought this was what started that train rolling, and I guess people would say, well, you know, you know, if if wrestling was such a big sport in the West, which it was because it was a very masculine culture. Mm -hmm. So what? You know, everyone wrestled. I said, yeah, but not everyone became president of the United States either from that region. <laughs> and I think that's why it has, because I think it just has that sort of, it's sort of, a, it's sort of forgotten. Lincoln scholars know it, but we always know Lincoln as an older man. And, and it's true for any president. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't know, I mean, we don't know much about the youth of Millard Fillmore, for example. Yeah, we don't really hear much about we we like the presidential years, and then we stop. I think uh, I think uh, probably Barack. Barack yes, is probably the one of the few that we may know more, partly because he was so young when he became president. Right, and the interesting thing about Barack Obama is that people remember when he announced for the presidency in 2008, I believe mm -hmm. he did it in Springfield, Illinois, because of course he was making the connection to Lincoln. Oh, okay. And so I think he did it at that time, yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a stretch here. I'm going to go a big stretch here. All right. Stretch away. Would you say that because Lincoln got his start with wrestling, become president, and Barack went to back to Springfield to connect with Lincoln's presidency, <laughs> right. would you say that um, former President Barack Obama's presidency was in part a result of Lincoln winning a wrestling match? <laughs> well, that's a great question because, of course... <laughs> All the historical events that followed, mm -hmm. and you go up the line, and when Lincoln became president, and he signed the Emancipation Proclamation, and I don't know if I'd go maybe that far, but... It's a few hundred years. <laughs> I, I know. It, it's fun to speculate. Yeah. But I think those, you know, you go, you're going in that line, and so, because, and Lincoln, even when he became president, he didn't have a lot of political experience either in the sense of serving. He was in the state legislature in Illinois, he served one term in the House of Representatives mm -hmm. in Washington, and that was it. It was his actions during the 1850s that caught people's attention. Uh, from his um, 1854, when they, when they, uh, they, Stephen Douglas became his nemesis because of the whole Kansas-Nebraska Act, and and uh, and so he got back into politics. He was actually just practicing law for most of that time yeah so were there were there any other like wrestling matches that Lincoln 
was into or was he challenged to anything else? Well, it's funny because I, I saw something, I was looking up something and someone said, you know, he had 300 wrestling matches. I'm thinking, there's no way we can even. But in the Black Hawk War, he had one. In fact, he was up talking or doing something and a scuffle had broken out in the ranks, if you will, and he jumped off his log or whatever he was talking on and ran over and broke the thing up. No way. Yes, he did. There's so, <laughs> so he No he, wonder he is such a great vampire hunter. <laughs> right? I'm not I'm starting to think he's like, no, maybe that movie had a point. There's a little maybe there's a little historical. Well little he historical was running around there. that movie with an axe, so you know, he could he could hoist it. This, it seems like like Lincoln has it all. He's he's got the physical strength, and a lot of this it's it just comes down to like he got clout. That's that's the real the real kicker here is he got clout from this physical activity, this man's game, you know, this wrestling. Right. And, Which is um, funny because he was sort of opposite that he he was very, and I think he wanted to be more known for his thinking than for anything else. But he had both. He had both. So that, that wow, there's just. I'm going to go back to, to Barack Obama again, because when I think of, like, clout that he had, it's like he played basketball with people a lot. Like, that was one of the things he was known for is just he'll go mm-hmm. play basketball on a campaign trail with, like, right. a group of people. And it's kind of like Lincoln's wrestling here is, like, the thing that got people, the physical thing, the connection he made was through, well, his wrestling and his right. ability to, like, not scuffle, but just, right. Well, you know, there's even a story down. that when he was nominated for the presidency in 1860 he was actually out playing baseball in a field and someone ran out and told him because in those days the candidate didn't go to the oh to, like the, to the convention because they didn't want to make it look like they were they wanted it you know yeah I mean? they sort of had to be asked about it which we're we're really a long way from that today <laughs> so <laughs> quite a bit right so it it so it is interesting that he was able to make these connections i think that's what it kind of comes down to that Yes, he wrestled and he beat this guy, or they, it was a draw. But he made all these connections in the community, and people saw this, and people who could help him. Uh, John Todd Stewart was one. Uh, a man named Bowling Green was another one. And so he had all these people that were, and people were willing to help him because they saw something in him. Now, we don't know Lincoln. There's no film of him. Uh, we don't know how he sounded. I know the Steven Spielberg movie. I think with Daniel Day-Lewis, I think that's probably as close as we're going to get. Because even Lewis tried to walk like him, because they always said he had this gait. And he would always say, cheerman. He, he always spoke through, kind of nasally, because he still had this sort of southern accent. Yeah. But man, when you, when you see some of his writings and you try to put them all together, it, it, it doesn't, sometimes you go, this guy wrote this? You know, you think of the Gettysburg Address or the second inaugural. So yeah, it, it's, it's interesting. I think it was more about the connections that were made, if anything, than just a wrestling match. And I think that's why a lot of people thought it was, it became a big deal in hindsight. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jack Armstrong actually supported Lincoln most of his life. And they were able to, in Illinois, to get these political groups together. And I don't know if the, you know, I guess if you cross the Clary Grove boys, they might throw you down a hill in a barrel. (laughs) So that might, that might, you know, that might uh, encourage people. So... But yeah, it's it's an interesting side, it's an interesting byway, I guess, from Lincoln's life, which you know, I don't want to torture the road analogy too much, but it's kind of, here it is, and then it goes off in another direction. Because Lincoln could have, I mean, Lincoln could have went to New Salem and failed. Yeah. In fact, he, he was working in another store 
where again the owner absconded and he and Lincoln was part owner of the store so Lincoln was left with this debt that it took him to like 1848 to pay off but he paid off the whole thing yeah and you know there's all the stories about honest Abe and you know some of them are just myth but the story about like him walking six miles to a guy's farm to borrow Euclid mm -hmm. uh, and then bringing it back when he was done that's that's a that's a real story yeah it, yeah it was hard to get those and, and him and his father clashed all the time because his his father didn't see what was the point of all these books which I guess is sort of an age-old story of sons clashing with their fathers and so him and his father had a strained relationship I think for well they did I mean there's no I think so it's not because they, they wrestled and Abe won and he was like, no. I was embarrassed about it. <laughs> not because of that. No, I could just, I could just imagine Thomas Lincoln wrestling. It, 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 the mental image is kind of funny. <laughs> but, but Thomas Lincoln wasn't tall. Most, most of the family members agreed that Abe got most of his traits from his mother. The, In one, fact, the, the one that was throwing people. Yes. Like, that would throw people. Okay, and, and that he, makes sense. He, he got those from his mother, the... The strength, the, the 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 height. Thomas Lincoln was kind of a small man, and uh, he got on got on better with his uh, stepchildren later in life than Abraham himself. And you know, Lincoln's like anybody; he's complicated, and I know that because you know when you read enough of it, it's like, well, why do you do that? Why do you do that? Well, you know, people are human beings are human beings, mm -hmm. and. But he also had, a, you know, he also had compassion in him too. Yeah. Even during the Civil War, I mean, I don't know, how, you know, even during things that would happen then, and I mean, you can actually you see it in the photo. It's almost like you almost feel kind of bad for for him because he just looks so so careworn, and I think he was in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. So. So I I have to ask this. Okay. <laughs> okay. I have to. You have to. So you get ask a, away. Put it. Put it. Put. Abe Lincoln in the ring, okay? Okay. Just imagine this. In a sweet, in a sequined uh, jumpsuit. Yes, yeah, sequined jumpsuit, all, all with the his words. tall hat. I can just see the stovepipe hat with yep. the, the jumpsuit. All right. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Pair him against any other U.S. president. All right, anybody. Who's got the best chance of beating Abe Lincoln Ooh. in a wrestling match? Washington. Really? I think. Okay. Or Jefferson, even. I think more Washington. The thing about both of them, I think of all the four presidents on Mount Rushmore. Mm -hmm. I think they could all fight each other at that, without sounding too ridiculous. Because Theodore Roosevelt was also, you know, he was always, he was, he was a boxer, though. And oh, so... Wait, but we're wrestling. I know. Okay. I would okay. say Washington because they were both pretty big guys. Washington was another one for the time period who was very tall. Mm -hmm. and broad-shouldered and everything else. And military experience. Military experience. He was another one who could pick up barrels, you know, and, and lug them around and impress people with that. And Now, Jefferson, he was also a larger man for that time, but I don't know if he had that sort of rough and tumble in him. And so, but can you imagine Washington versus Lincoln? You know, that's, that'd be something. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a rat battle somewhere in there. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm just, pretty sure one exists. I just think, you know, you wouldn't get Millard Fillmore versus uh, <laughs> Lincoln. Or, or, and someone, I was actually ran this question by one of my coworkers, just as a, see what they thought. And she said, what about Andrew Jackson? I said, well, 
Andrew Jackson was a smaller guy, but he was very feisty, as we sort of know. Yeah, I was thinking, wasn't there a few, weren't there a few presidents that, like, fended off some, like, assassin, like, I forgot which ones fended off. Well, Jackson, Jackson is, he has, like, three, had, like, three bullets in him. Yeah, yeah. He had gotten into a, I mean, I'm picturing this, because we, we, we don't usually think this, so he had gotten into a shooting match with, I can't remember who, like, in Nashville. They were in a hotel, and he actually was hit. But they couldn't get the ball out, mm-hmm. so they just left it in there. So for his whole life, he carried this around with him. And he had been in some duels, and, you know, dueling was sort of going away by that time, but, you know, he had been in gunfights. I mean, but, yeah, That's different from physical prowess, though. That's, that's right, different. that's why I don't think, I think if you had, you know, man-to-man you know, man man or whatever you want to mano call it. Mano-a-mano. mano mano you, know. you had Washington and Lincoln. I think there's your match. Okay. I can't, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm going through all the presidents in my head right now. I'm, I'm, sort of, trying, I'm trying to think of modern presidents. I'm, I'm like, sort of no, up to, no. <laughs> yeah, William Howard Taft was a big guy, but not in, like, a strong way. Yeah, kind of same, same with just, Trump there, too. Like, he's a big guy, but Trump's also a lot older. <laughs> right. So. Right, and I think that's another thing we forget, that when Lincoln died, he was only 56. Yeah, Lincoln, he looked Lincoln was so young. much older than, he looked so much older in those photos mm-hmm. that you think, 56, yeah, that's all he was. And so, but yeah, it's just, I'm still mulling over that question about who could take him. And, you know, William Howard Taft, like I said, was a big guy, but he wasn't really strong. Maybe Grover Cleveland. No, I'm still thinking. So wait, wait, let's think, let's think. I'm thinking of the results here. So going from, for especially late presidents. So latest president, not including Biden, dude's old. (laughs) Um, He is old. So let's go starting with Trump. Trump loses, right? Probably. Okay. Barack, too skinny, like too too lanky. Yeah. He's gonna go he's gonna lose there. Probably. Okay. Then we had uh before that George we had Bush. Uh, young Bush. Yes. Okay. And I think he'd lose. <laughs> okay. Uh Clinton? Mm, I don't think so. Older Bush? No. <laughs> <laughs> you just you just laughed about that one. <laughs> All Ronald right. Reagan, no. no. Yeah, I was about to say Reagan, no. Now, Lyndon Johnson is interesting. I know he skipped over Jimmy Carter and, and Richard Nixon. But they, they get tossed, right? Probably. Okay. But J- I think Lyndon Johnson, he was a big man, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was kind of a braggadocio. He, he, of course, he was from Texas. That's another, his family were some of the original, you know, they were one of the original settlers of Texas, too. So. You don't mess with Texas, even. Right. <laughs> so he had a different attitude to those kind of things. But I don't know. I, I I'd still say no. I just can't see see that happening. Wow. So. Yeah, Lincoln's dang. I'm just now I'm thinking about. It, I'm just thinking it's like wow. Who would like uh, Lincoln has so much to his name now that I'm thinking about it. He's got so much. And there. you just think whenever you think there can't be anything more to be said about Lincoln, something always comes up because people are always studying him. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just I just there's a new book out by a man named Michael Burlingame about Lincoln's marriage, which could be a whole podcast in itself, because I guess his marriage was not great. I mean, the, 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 but, but Mary Todd has been sort of vilified through the years, but then more feminist authors have sort of redeemed her in the last 30 or 40 years to say, listen, there was a reason that she was the way she was. Mm. And Lincoln wasn't, you know, sometimes he was emotionally unavailable. He could be very sullen. He would go into depressions. That's another thing, Lincoln's Depressions. There's actually a book called 
Lincoln's Depression or something. I can't remember. And, uh, and so you see that a, a very complicated person and, and, and sometimes just kind of a sad story in some ways because he had so much loss in his life. And yeah. I think that that affected him. Wow. I believe. But, but the wrestling match and, and just to sort of sum up the whole thing with Jack Armstrong and how it still, how it still led to something else was in 1857, Jack Armstrong died. And later that year, his son, Duff Armstrong, was accused of murder. So Armstrong's widow had contacted Lincoln and said, can you defend my son? He said, gladly, because he had known Duff Armstrong his whole life. And so during the trial, one of the witnesses said, well, I witnessed Duff Armstrong run out of the field after, his, after he did this, or I witnessed him do this, because there was a full moon. Okay. So Lincoln, very dramatically, he gets an almanac, farmer's almanac or something, yep. and he says, well, I have here that on that day, there was no full moon, it was cloudy, and you wouldn't have been able to see him, because remember, there's no lights. Yeah, not, yeah. There's, and there's no like city lights, so you, you'd need a full moon to actually see mm -hmm. somebody in the dark. And it became known as the almanac trial, and it became another famous... Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, sort of another famous thing in Lincoln's life, even before he ran for president. So it's funny how that's, that one event, how that even tied into something like that, because that's, you know, he knew Armstrong, he was willing to do this, and sometimes he'd do a lot of his work pro bono, too, for mm -hmm. people, or he just wouldn't charge him. It used to drive his law partner Herndon crazy because they were, you know, he would just keep bills in his hat. And if they got lost, he didn't care. They, they get lost. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so it's, it's funny. It, it, I know in some ways it seems, well, that was just a wrestling match, but it's like, yeah, but it led to so many other things for him, and it really established him with people. And it be, he became a leader in the community, and that's, I think that's where he went. And then he knew Salem was kind of died, and so that's when he ended up in Springfield, Illinois. And then it just took off from there. Wow. Wow, that is, Lincoln's incredible, man. So, he is. He, there's always something to know about Lincoln or read about Lincoln. And trust me, there's enough books. <laughs> <laughs> so, Scott. Yes. Do you have any preview of what we might talk about next time? Uh, next time, we are going to talk about how the use of mustard gas led to chemotherapy treatments. Okay. I'll look forward to that one. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining. We'll hope to see you soon or, well, hear you soon on the next KPL broadcast. Yes. Thank you.